0: Welcome. You're on The Daily Objective. I'm Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. Delighted to be having you join us today and also delighted to be joined with a great friend of mine and somebody I learn a lot from and really enjoy speaking with on a regular basis now, Mr. Mark Pellegrino, actor and an activist. And you know, Mark, when you think about activists, you think about environmental activists, but you're an activist for something much more important, something we talk about here on The Daily Objective, and that is the right ideas.
1: I hope so. I'm an activist for a reason, so um, we'll see, we'll see how far that takes me.
0: Well, good, um, um, and and we're looking forward to interacting with our our audience today on the YouTube chat as well, because we're we're celebrating, or I guess I should say, the Twitterosphere is, is celebrating. Did you know that it is International Men's Day today? It's an international event celebrated on the nineteenth of November. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, when this was brought to my attention, I thought this was uh, kind of a, you know, because it seems like every, you know, it's National Bacon Day, it's International uh, Silent Movie Day, you know, every day is a so-called day to celebrate, but this is a a so-called holiday that goes back actually a number of decades. I'm quoting now from Wikipedia, is it an occasion to celebrate boys' and men's achievements and contributions, in particular for their contributions to nation, society, society? community, family, marriage, and childcare. And uh, this has been getting a lot of attention in, in the press and, and sphere as well, and, and a lot of focus on that. And Mark, when I read that, that specific kind of identification that this is a day to celebrate men, okay, the, the gender, but what, their achievement? No, their achievement to society, you know, their achievement to childcare, their achievement to the nation, so just the whiff of it to me smelt a little collectivist, uh, which I w- repels me. And you know my my two cents, and I'm really curious about something. Tells me you're not uh, you're not celebrating this maybe as enthusiastically as others are. You know my two cents is that this notion of taking pride and objectivist objectivism talks a lot about pride, and it took me many years I think to really understand some sense of what pride really can be. But the idea of having a pride in your gender. You know something that you didn't choose. I don't think you can affect. I, you know this is something that was chosen. It's affected by random, just like your color. Uh, you know, just you know, and it's like, can you really take any pride in in, in being male? Um, so my thought for saluting International, you know, Men's Day would be not to salute men in the big picture, but you know, individual me, uh, men. And you know, Rand talks about this. I think I, I can pull this up. Um, Rand talks about being a man worshiper, but I don't think she would be celebrating, you know, international man's day, but she talked about it. and I'm quoting now the man worshippers, in my sense of the term are those who seek man's highest potential and strive to actualize it. Man worshipers are those who are dedicated to the exaltation of man's self-esteem and the sacredness of his happiness on earth. So, you know, I I'll take this day and I'll celebrate some individual men people we know like Bezos, who makes my life better every day, Gates. Now I threw this one on the list too, Lou Malnati. He's a pizza entrepreneur, a man who has changed my life for the better. Uh, And here's one kind of ripped from the headlines, Mark, a gentleman by the name of Ugar Sahin. Now he's the CEO of BioNTech, okay? He's a man. He's an immigrant, even more interestingly, to Germany and his company, BioNTech is the one that came up with this new coronavirus vaccine. They're partnering with Pfizer. So this is what turns me on, I think, to be honest, Mark, in the objectivist sense, not sexually necessarily, but when I see men and women, but people doing amazing things and proving my life, you know, I will salute that today and every day.
1: Yeah, for sure. But we're out of step, aren't we? Because uh, now you're supposed to take pride in, in... Biological determinism and things that are beyond your control. You know, I thought pride was a sort of uh, a sort of uh, moral concept. Uh, uh, how how one is, how how one esteemed one's actions in the world. It was a it was a relationship to the self based on what you did, right? So, and what you do is controllable. It's within your choice. It's uh, it's within the realm of morality. Unlike the color of your skin or your or your biological sex. And, and why, why, why is it that we have to celebrate one's contributions to the, the world? Why, why can't we celebrate what characteristics define what we consider to be a virtuous human being? I mean, Rand in that little biddy that you, that you shared, although I know she was literally a man worshiper, um, the idea of man, I, I'm, I'm taking from that little, little ca- caption that you read, was sort of a universal humanity. And, and yes. so she was celebrating universe, universal humanity. But there are, I think, virtues that we all share, but that we can distinctly pin to manhood uh, specifically that are worthy of respect and adulation. And I don't think they necessarily have to do with contributions one makes to society. Those can those are the result of, of living those virtues, but I think it's the virtues that should be uh, extolled, right? This is what we should put up in front of the country, not, not one's, quote unquote, contributions to the community. It's, what, it's so what, interesting. What makes it, a good man? What makes when a
0: good I, man? Yeah, and, 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 and when I, I've listened to a lot of Dr. Peekoff's lectures and, uh, and, and podcasts over the years. And I, th- I remember him mentioning this, that at some point there became this big idea of you couldn't say man anymore to talk about the species. It had to be man and woman or he slash she, you know? And then the idea of exalt, you, know, you know, Rand is exalting in my opinion here to speak, you know, she's men, but she's ex also exalting man, the species. And I think that's especially true now more than ever. I mean, of course there's physical, physiological differences between men and women, <laughs> but you know, for example, something like farming kind of pretty backbreaking, difficult work. You know, you can have genius, female farmers now, you know, they're agro scientists, they're, they're creating on a scale that even some strong, physically strong men could never create. So I, I think, you know, there's a, a, an endless rabbit hole we can go down to in like definitions of masculinity and femininity, but like, I just wake up every day in awe of what man can do. His muscles, yeah, okay, sure, right? And there's beautiful athletes and men and women. But the mind, oh my God, what people come up with is crazy. It's amazing. It makes my life better every day. So um, celebrate those individual achievements, as you said, not some friggin' gender or species.
1: So now is International Man Day going to uh, incorporate women as well who achieve great things? Because we're talking about man, the species, as opposed to men, the, the sex. What do you call it now? Do you call it sex or gender? I don't know what what... Isn't gender well, let, now let, supposed to be a spectrum, a sort of psychological phenomenon or cultural phenomenon? It's sex that's biologically determined. I don't know how to. How let, to. let me ask you
0: part of, I mean, you, you've you portrayed some, I never think of myself as particularly, you know, I never think about manly in a sense. I, I feel like I have my own style and I'm, I kind of stick to it, but you know, you've portrayed some very masculine men, some very, you know, um, just some some great characters. And part of this International Men's Day seems to be promoting this notion that you know we can be vulnerable as men, we can kind of let our guard down, we can go to therapy, we can express our emotions. You know, what do you make of that? I mean, how do you digest all of that?
1: I think that's a, a, a movement for the good. I think it. I think that the cultural phenomenon that imposed stoicism on men, like any development, is has has two sides to it, a dark side and a light side. Uh, there's, there's a, there is a degree to which uh, not living by your emotions, as we as objectivists understand, is a very positive pro-life way of approaching life, but there's also an element to that that could that could uh, bleed into suppression and repression of feeling and lead to blind spots and dis- disowned elements of your own personality that are very unhealthy. So for a man to be vulnerable, I think is, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's not only uh, emotionally open, it not only is healthier psychologically, but I think a vulnerable man comes from a strong place they're they're if you're not afraid to be uh to be vulnerable it's because your your base your moral base and your self-esteem are not fragile right I, so I, I mean the characters I, I, yeah. i've the characters i've played in tv are, are are what you would consider toxically masculine right they're mm-hmm. overcompensating for something that they don't have by aggression you know and, and, and using their muscles instead of their minds so um I feel like it's I interesting really interesting
0: how you're able to really get inside their head, even from the outside, and say, you know. And I, I'm glad you made that point about uh, emotions because, you know, so oftentimes people say, "Oh, objectivist, you're just like Doctor Spock, just like, oh, you're a computer, da da da." And it's so not true because I feel like the more I learn about objectivism, in some sense, the more emotional I get. I feel like I feel the world a lot more intensely. Now I'm sure. not driven by those emotions, so they don't kind of drive me moment to moment. But you know, they affect me and they make my life. I think even more richer and more. You know, I mean, um, I can think of so many objectivists. Ayn Rand, probably the, the most obvious, who are who get very emotional and very um, because we take life seriously. We know that each moment is so precious. And you know, this idea of men having to be, you know, I guess stoic or you know, wrap that all up. I mean. What a great world we live in now, Mark, where there's so much affluence that we can actually take some time to think about as men or as just human beings, like our feelings, speak with counselors, speak with therapists. I mean, that. I think I hear you alluding to that. I think it's a very positive thing. I mean, Nathaniel Brandon, of course, was excommunicated, but there was a lot of positive work done about the psychology of self-esteem and the importance <laughs> of, of that uh, as part of a, th- a thriving life. So um, if it... If I think a lot of the so-called therapists and male therapists are kind of charlatans. So do your own due diligence, but absolutely men should not run from their emotions. They should embrace them, but know their place.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and I think as an objectivist, you do feel more strongly about things because your values are clearer to you. You've, you've thought about your values you've rooted them to reality and, and rooted them in here in a way that most people don't. So uh, I can understand why clarity of value would make you feel more strongly about things. Well, let me ask you kind of a
0: seemingly another rip from the headlines idea, this this perception of masculinity. Um, Candace Owens, who um, is seemingly kind of a, out there everywhere, got a little flack, I guess Harry Styles, now I don't really know who these people are, I just read about them on the Daily Mail, was on the cover of Vogue wearing a dress, or wearing kind of a very feminine outfit. And this is something that's been seen a lot in recent years, Mark, kind of gender bending, you know, men wearing more women's clothes. Um, You know, how do you interpret that within this whole idea of, you know, male male worship a la Ran, and also just, you know, International Men's Day, you know, can you be a strong man and pose on the cover of Vogue in a dress?
1: Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think about crossing William Wallace when he wore a kilt. Um, <laughs> he could probably split me in half with a broadsword, and uh, and nor would I. Nor would I. Would, nor would I. Um, would I cross a, a centurion uh, who wore a toga or some version of that? Uh, I, or, and, you know, or, or a hoplite or any number of warriors that dressed in ways that we would consider today to be, quote unquote, feminine. It's not the dress that makes you feminine. Um, it, there's a degree to which these these breaking these boundaries, I think, is, is very healthy And there. But I don't know that that's the motivation behind it. I, I think what's driving it is something else. Is this uh, social constructivist perspective of everything and this attempt to subjectivize everything? Um, that's dangerous. But um, a man uh, wearing wearing a dress uh, on a fashion shoot to to break uh, gender barriers and is not uh, on its face something that disturbs me. I think it can be very interesting, provided the. The 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 uh, the driving force behind it isn't an attempt to destroy things to break things down, but to f- put another perspective or or to gr- grow a perspective on what men are capable of or and or, yeah, yeah, or how we yeah. it.
0: I mean at, at, you know at, if, at the end of the day you know I, part of what is objectivism has helped me is given me a lot of the tools of understanding for me what I always felt like for myself, for example, you know, I was always, I was brought up Jewish and, and raised in a Jewish family. But from day one, I really repelled against this idea that like, I am part of this thing that I didn't, I didn't choose, I didn't have any choice. And that would be my one kind of thought when things come along like international Man's days, you know, take some pride in your own accomplishment, what you've done or what individual men have done, but to kind of pat yourself on the back for being born a particular gender, it uh, just seems like such a backward way of living, in a false type of type of pride that really isn't is going to get you very far at the end of the day.
1: I sort of agree with that, but you, you know, they're also defining these groups by the amount of pain they and suffering they experience. Uh, I think Razi showed us a list of suffering that men endure, and so you take today out to recognize that and try to make them feel. Well, what is
0: what else. do you mean suffering? What is that suffering?
1: Oh, higher suicide rate rates, and uh, abuse, and uh, being subjected to more uh, physical harm, death, that kind of thing. Men men engage in riskier behavior. I don't like defining people by suffering. That that's definitely an anti-objectivist perspective. We like life, uh, and we like uh, you know we we focus on virtues as opposed to these determinant uh, factors but there is something to be said for recognizing that other people hurt and it's okay to reach out to them. Right. And to and you've because, done
0: that. How, I mean, you've done that so many times. You've been involved <coughs> with program after program. I've bought a few of your shirts and you engage in really interesting type of philanthropy that really helps to lift people up uh, with demonstrable effect.
1: Yeah. And especially with men, I think men, men um, are being attacked pretty, pretty intensely uh, at, at, in this day and age. And I think it's important for people, especially those motivated by this social justice activism to recognize that uh, suffering is sort of a ubiquitous thing. We, we um, We all are subjected to some type of suffering and it's important to recognize that in another person, not just men, but in other people. That's part of how we build what what uh, Peter Pagosian calls golden bridges. You know, you recognize where the other person's coming from and you can you can bridge gaps between each other by recognizing that stuff. So yeah, recognize yeah. that men hurt. Men hurt too. But, I mean, what,
0: what uh, you know, there's a part of what's so amazing about the internet is that obviously you can connect with people all over the world. You know, there's an African objectivist club, group, organization. Who knows? Maybe it's seven guys. You know, I don't, this is not, pejorative, but like literally in a hut somewhere, you know, it's a, it's a small movement who are getting a taste of the right ideas, you know, getting a taste maybe of some of those ideas that could inspire them to change their lives and change the world. And I think that's, that's what's so fascinating, Mark, is like, you know, there's, there's no difference fundamentally between like Cuba and Miami or North Korea to South Korea, or, you know, there's no, I, I believe there's no reason that someone who's fundamentally depressed, for example, can't improve his or her life in some way, if they have the right ideas, uh, so many young people now, especially, have been I think raised on you know that vic- a victimhood mentality of whatever their hood is, they're going to find they're going to be find a way a victim of it. And um, you know, objectivism has just helped me realize how special and precious every moment of life is. And you know, maybe I'm not going to be a hundred millionaire, maybe you know, but I'm going to make every moment of my life count as a man, as an individual as a satient being on this earth and that's what to me counts at the end of the day
1: i couldn't agree more i wish i wish more people embrace that philosophy you'd see a lot more happiness out there in the world
0: well that's definitely what it's you know at the end of the day all about is promoting happiness and i, I, I think i speak for you when i say that you know a lot of these objective ideas and following the iron center uk and subscribing to our youtube channel more than anything is it. Is a great way to start. Um, you know, ideas are what move the world. It's not politics, it's not scarce resources, it's how you think. That's what makes philosophy so cool, so special, so important. And thank you for spending even a few moments of your day uh, talking about it with us. So don't miss tomorrow's show because we're going to be talking, uh, especially if you're an objectivist, we're going to be talking with James Valiant about. His first of all, he's a fascinating guy. He's a published author. The Brandons to the BBC. The history of Ayn Rand Smears and James Valiant is just a really interesting guy. Well-known objectivist, and uh, you're really going to enjoy tomorrow's program. So don't miss that. And um, Mark, I, I hope our paths cross once again very soon. I, I think, think they you're will. Great, I think you're a great man, and I just think you're a great guy. So keep keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Right. right back at you.
0: All right, and to all of our viewers, male, otherwise, and undecided, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll be with you again soon.